Hi, I'm Princess Rara. And I'm Dara, the Electro Khaleesi. And this is Pink Kink, the podcast where we talk about the pretty, twisted side of kink. Today's episode is produced by our electrifying pink kinksters. Thank you, the ESW, Jay, Brianna Lynn, Daddy Jay, Embers, Fabe, Blossom, William P., Lady, Claire, Jam Today, Mr. N and Mrs. Jess, Mistress Good Girl, Lady Blooding, Six and Eight, Primal Empress, Kaze, Harley Gentleman, Roxy, Mistress Francesca, Slut Queenie, Butte Pain, Manda Panda, Cat, Stefan, Brooklyn B., Serenity Deb, Robert, Ruby R., Christopher, Jess, Sam, Kilted Sir, and Schrodinger's Kink. Pink Kink runs off the generosity of our devoted patrons. As a patron, you will become a member of our special Discord server, receive some adorable Pink Kink stickers, as well as have access to a monthly behind-the-scenes podcast. In addition, our impactful and electrifying Pink Kinksters will get special audio and video episodes. And finally, patrons at our highest tier will be recognized as producers both here on the podcast and on our website. If you would like to become a patron, you can visit us at patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast or click the link at pinkkinkpodcast.com. This one's going to be a little bit different. Ooh, because I like different. Well, because for once, we both researched it. <gasps> That's crazy. I didn't read your stuff, though. I didn't read. I confess. Well, I sort of read. Read. I'm tired. Shit. I sort of read yours because I was trying to model what I wrote in the same kind of order. I don't know that I succeeded very well. All right. But it was okay. Okay. I skimmed it. I can accept that. And actually, you know what's funny? I found that we had a lot of the same sources. <laughs> Because I found your stuff on what I was looking at. For, oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, yeah, that's because they're, they, they, they go hand in hand. Together they a lot. do very much. They're kind of two sides of the same coin, if you will. Oh, my God. I was going to say that. What? I know. Oh, let's tell them what we're actually talking about. All right. Heads and tails. I think you would be heads. Okay. No, no I'd be heads. You'd be tails. Yeah. Guess why? Why? Because I'm watching and you're doing. That's true. You're the tail. I'm the wagging of the tail. <laughs> this is going to be kind of a really fun one because Rara and I have, well, since they're lumped in together, they can be, I guess, considered of the same kink, mm -hmm. but they're completely the opposite sides. Yeah, but they're partners because without one, the other Can't, one doesn't work exactly. as well. Exactly. It doesn't, doesn't do anything. So like it doesn't really exist. Well, I mean, it does, but in a really bad way. Okay. Which we'll explain. All right. So you want to tell them what we're talking about? Well, you can say the first part. Exhibitionism? And voyeurism. Ooh. <laughs> Which, as you know, when you've been listening to our podcast, I'm an exhibitionist. I am a voyeur. So this is probably why we can get past all the other things we don't agree on. <laughs> because I can just watch Raw Raw and we'll both be happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, when I looked up the definition of exhibitionist, of course, it immediately went to sex. Right. So did mine. Everything goes about sex. And it's defined as a person who becomes sexually aroused by being observed naked 
or engaging in sexual acts. How accurate is that, though? Right? And then, of course, exhibitions can be folks of any gender or any sexuality. And there's a thrill through performing these acts in front of other people, especially in a public place. But that's where we get to that whole, you know, guy in a trench coat and flashing on the subway. Mm -hmm. That's like what people think of when they think of exhibitionist. In kink, exhibitionism is slightly different. Because in kink, an exhibitionist is somebody who enjoys being watched. And they that might include exposing private parts of their body to onlookers in a public space. But it also could be having somebody watch you as you indulge in play in front of an audience. You know, like an orgy or a sex club. I mean, for me, it's about doing an impact scene with an audience. Right. You can just keep going on this one because okay. I'm, yeah, this You'll is, just this is your half. I'll the... do the other half. All right. <laughs> I'll just chime in and, you know. All right. So the word exhibitionist can be used in two different ways. One more casual and the other clinical. So for most people, an exhibitionist lives their revealing fantasy in a consensual manner. The people seeing or hearing their body or activities understand the situation and accept it. That is very different from those who have a mental health condition of exhibitionism. And again, that goes back to, you know, the guy in the trench coat. Yeah, that's that's not healthy. Right. I mean, when I was probably 16, I was walking home from school and a truck pulled up next to me and the guy rolled down his window and asked me for directions. And being the naive 16-year-old that I was, I got a little closer to the car and started giving him directions. You are so lucky you were not kidnapped. Okay. People did kidnap back in those days. Yes, they did. Well, it wasn't all over the news because we didn't have the internet. So we didn't know about it. But he basically, all of a sudden I realized that the truck he was in was moving a lot. And then I realized the guy was jacking off while he was talking to me. So I ran away. That's the clinical exhibitionist. That's not what we're talking about in kink. Yeah, that's that's the non-kinky version. That's just the yuck version. Is that the technical term? Yes, there's technical terms and this one is yuck. <laughs> Sounds Yiddish. You got to get the a little you, more. Like, to get the, <laughs> there we go. God. Holla. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hang out with you too much. Yeah, I think so. So engaging or fantasizing about being an exhibitionist is pretty common, right? Surveys suggest that more than half of the people asked think about having sex in an open public space. More than 80% of folks are turned on by the thought of having sex in communal spaces such as the workplace, bathroom, restaurants, and more. I mean, I've had, I've had sex outside overlooking the aquaquant. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, yeah, it was a funny story. I, I wanted to make sure I didn't have sex with him, so I didn't shave my legs, figuring that would stop me. I just didn't count on the fact that I wasn't going to get undressed. We're just going to lift my skirt up and have sex. So he All never right. knew my legs weren't shaved, and I ended up having sex anyway. Oh, well, good for you. I'm a bad girl. Yeah, you deserved a spanking. Right? Yeah, actually. I think that was part of it, too. (laughs) Um, Exhibitionist behaviors cover a wide range of activities. So you don't even have to leave your home these days to be an exhibitionist. Thanks to the World Wide Web. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? I mean, for those of us who post pictures and videos on FetLife so that other people can see and watch and comment in it. That is part of exhibitionism. You know, and people like Dara who I'll go through. I've had to unfollow some people on FET because like all they do is comment and like on pictures and it's like 400 pictures yeah, in one please stop. setting. But that's one way to do it. You know, you've got even your OnlyFans. Yep, absolutely. That counts. Right? Um, I was just going to say cam people are cam definitely people. exhibitionists. Yeah, they have to be. Otherwise, how do you do what you do? Right? I would think anyway. Um, people who wear revealing clothing to attract attention or flirting, touching, and dancing provocatively. That all forms under exhibitionism of some sort. It's not always... I'm going to have sex in front of people and they're going to watch. Right? No. As with everything we do, it's a spectrum. So on one hand, embracing those fantasies and desires can be fulfilling. But here's the important thing. You have to know and understand your kinks and what you're doing. Because one of the most important things is consent. It's always about consent. Like there's nothing that we do... In kink, in BDSM, that is not about consent. Because that guy who pulled up and started jacking off in front of me did not ask my consent. Mm -mm. Now, when I go into a dungeon and get naked and start performing a scene, I don't go around and ask everybody's consent. That's just the reality. But there's a blanket consent because you've shown up at the club. Right. And you know that this is a possibility that you're going to see naked people. If it's a club that allows sex, then you know you potentially could see somebody having sex. So I brought my friend to uh, to Risqué once a few months ago, and it was his first one. And he's gay. And when he uh, when we left, or the next day, I guess, he actually said to me, he goes, you know, I shouldn't have been surprised. But there was more tits and pussy than I have ever seen in my life. And I was like, yeah, why were you surprised? <laughs> like, like, you knew going in that this was going to be, like, happening. Yeah. And he goes, I mean, I mentally knew. I just don't think I knew. You know, mm-hmm. he didn't make that connection. So, yeah. But you, you go in, when you go to a public dungeon like that, you should know this stuff's going to be happening. Right. And... At the parties that I throw, if you come to my dungeon, you sort of know ahead of time, there is a possibility I'm going to do some sort of scene that's going to involve blood. Yep. I don't ask your permission. At this point, the only people coming to my dungeon are my friends. So they know me and my insanity well enough. (laughs) They don't have to ask. Um, But before I do it, I give everybody a heads up. Blood scene coming up in five minutes. So if somebody like Dara doesn't want to see it they can remove themselves or cover their heads with their blankets <laughs> yeah, that's what i've been turn doing. their back on it more recently i've been covering my head rather than going upstairs because okay. it's just funnier now if you go to crucible you can avoid that back corner which is where blood play is designed to happen it's set up for it. baltimore playhouse is different you can expect that blood play can happen anywhere 
it just it depends on the space. So just no. Honestly, you could research the space. If it's a house party, you could maybe ask if um, so like Rara has a rule where there's no fire play in her house. Right. So you can ask the host of the party. Are there any scenes that you allow that you don't allow in your space? And they could say that. Right. And, you know, or you can ask, will there be blood play there? Mm -hmm. And I usually know before the party if there's going to be blood play because it's a planned scene. I mean, Virgo here. I plan it. Mm -hmm. I've already lined up the top. We've got it figured it out. So a month ahead of time. So I can tell you, no, at this particular party, I'm not doing any blood play scenes or yes, I have a blood play scene. Like, what if somebody else wants to do a blood play scene at your party? I don't have a problem with that. I would just ask that they do similar to what I do, which is give everybody a five to ten minute warning so people like you can look elsewhere. Mm-hmm. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. Because, again, it comes down to consent. consent. Right. Now, what about things like um, car sex? <sighs> Technically, yes, that's exhibitionism because your car is not your house. There is an actual law passed about um, people looking into your house. It doesn't matter what that is. The house is meant to be private, even if they're looking through a a window. And this includes cops. Um, The house is, well, no, the window is different. But if they're using like infrared or something to watch. You have an expectation of privacy. But the car does not have that. Right. So... And part of that is the thrill. Am I going to be caught? Is somebody going to catch us doing this? Is somebody going to start watching us doing it? I mean, being an exhibitionist, if somebody's not a voyeur watching what I'm doing, well, that's just whatever. Yeah. It's not fun. It, I want somebody to not only watch, but want to watch, not watch because I'm in their face and they have no choice. I want them to want to watch it and be excited by it. Yeah. And hopefully be turned on by it. No, yeah. But, you know, I've done that. Not so much car sex, though. I did do sex in a Toyota that was an enclosed camp. The the back end was enclosed. I've done car sex in my college parking lot in my SUV. And, I, you know, I told the story in the orgasm control episode about how we stopped off at a parking lot on the way home. Yep. And that was a case of it being excited because somebody could watch us not being excited because somebody was watching us but we still made sure because of where we were and we couldn't get consent we we sort of picked a very private spot that the odds were somebody wasn't going to watch us but just having that little kernel in the back of your mind that says it's possible made it fun and exciting yeah okay so like i'm going on a vacation next week And there's a hot tub where I'm vacationing and I plan on skinny dipping. Like I plan on being in that hot tub, butt ass naked, like for most of the time I'm there. Right. (laughs) However, and I plan on fucking in that hot tub too, or at least over the side of it. Uh, There's no way anybody's going to see me because it's on 10 acres of land. So sorry. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm doing it because no one's going to see me because guess what? There's nobody within... And miles of you. There's no, like, it's not, I am not the exhibitionist. So no, yeah. that would be like blah for Rara. Right. I mean, I've been to swinger parties where I've had sex where other people watched. And obviously, I'm okay with that. 
as long as nobody decides that they're going to reach out and join in without first asking for permission and consent. Um, I can't even tell you exactly why I get such a thrill out of being watched. I just do. I love my favorite scenes are what I call group activities where the audience is participating, not in the sense that they're touching me, but they're participating with their giggles and their comments and their questions. And then I respond back to them and we have a dialogue going. That is something that I love. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. Exhibitions can also be combined with submission. So you could have your dominant partner order a sub to expose themselves in certain ways. For example, my first on Voldemort, I had a rule. If I was in a skirt or dress, I was not allowed to wear underwear. Which meant every time I got in and out of a car, I run the risk of somebody being able to see my coochie. <laughs> you know, and that's that's part of the excitement. Um, I've had an event where my dom, the third one, D, ordered me to masturbate in front of all the guests at my party. Yep. I remember that one. That okay. was... Um... The, the golf show. That's the golf at, show. Yeah. That's also another way to incorporate exhibitionism into your dynamic. Right? Um, for some people, they enjoy exhibitionism as a form of humiliation play. See, that... I don't know that that would work for me for humiliation. I'm not, I'm not sure. So if, let's say, you had a dominant who ordered you to be topless at one of my parties the entire time you were there. That'd be humiliating for sure. I think I'd, but it would be more, I'd be getting off to the humiliation part than the exhibitionism right. part. Well, I, in this instance, I think it's, you know, you've got, for some people, they like the idea of exhibitionism. For exhibitionism's sake? But, but they, they are hesitant because they're still worried. Right. They're worried that people are going to judge them. You know, I mean, I'm not a size two or four anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's probably a a two or four in the number, but the second one, (laughs) Um, you know, there's there's roles, a couple wrinkles on the face, laugh lines, as I call them. So, you know, there might be the getting past this idea that I don't have the perfect body. But wanting to show off and having a dominant force you to do it so when i did my scene where i had to masturbate in front of everybody right i typically don't do sexual stuff in front of people i keep my kink life and my sex life separate no and that was why that scene was actually such a surprise right but as an exhibitionist i wasn't i didn't have a problem with it but i had to be ordered to do it yeah like it it really was a surprise though that you did that scene because you normally would not ever have yeah. accepted that. Right. And then I went then I had a threesome. That's true. Again in front of everybody. That's true. Um but I was in a safe zone. It was my house. The guests at this party were my friends. Um I knew nobody was going to judge me. 
Mm-hmm. Well, except for blue, but it was a positive judgment. Yeah, but that was just fu- that was yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, so having the having the humiliation, the order of your dom to do something might be just that little push that you need to do something that you sort of kind of want to do it, but you're also a little afraid to do. Yeah, that would work probably. Some people use exhibitionism as a punishment in their dynamic. You've lost the right to wear underwear because you didn't do X, Y, Z. And now you have to go pantyless. Mm. <laughs> What's that sound for? I don't want to do that. You know, and then maybe for me, like if that was my punishment, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. And then they'd have to add a second one going and you can't wear any skirts that go below the knee. Okay, that would work on you. That would be a that would be probably a punishment that I would not I'd put my foot down. I'd be like, "No, I'm not doing that." That's probably a red out for me just because I am so not an exhibitionist. Yeah. Not that much of an extrovert, not an exhibitionist, like none that would be a punishment beyond what I would be able to do. Right. And again, all of this is fine and dandy and fun, but we come back to consent. And this is when you're negotiating your punishments. Negotiate the fact that that type of punishment is unacceptable. Right. I won't agree to that. I don't consent to that. I'm not going to do it. I would probably be like, no, really? You're going to make me do that? Oh, man. And then I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, no, <laughs> not for me. But again, we're back to the whole idea of consent and being careful as an exhibitionist that you are not doing anything that is illegal, right? So it's fine to want to play out your fantasies and desires in a supportive atmosphere, like, um, you know, at a dungeon. But there was a, on TikTok, there was a discussion about some people who were doing puppy play at a children's park. Oh. And whether or not that was appropriate. I'm just going to go ahead and it's probably going to make me sound super judgy, but I'm going to go with no. I mean, they were fully dressed. There was no skin showing. There was no parts of their sexual being showing. They were just crawling around, barking. They had like food bowls to drink water, get water out of. Um, I believe their way they were on leashes. I don't know. Something about it. It's still engaging in kink play in front of others, in front of minors. It doesn't really matter that they were fully clothed. It doesn't matter that they weren't doing anything actually sexual. It's it's in our basic tenet is consent. And it's it's in in front of people or not, regardless, if there are other people around, you're supposed to get the consent of those people especially because they're minors. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to still stick with my no. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fair enough. I'm, I I don't know that I have an opinion yet on this. I'm still going back and forth because part of me says absolutely not okay. And then part of me is like, they were just pretending to be puppies. Like kids can understand that since. Well, kids do that all the time. Right, that's what I'm saying. Kids can understand how you're just pretending to be a puppy. without assigning any kink or sexual meaning to it and that's like there's a difference though because if they were obviously engaging in kink play right 
in public uh-huh. in front of minors. Yes. They did not. And that was what we said for our public uh, kink episode. Like you just, you didn't get the consent of the people to voyeur your kink. Uh-huh. So no. Fair. As I said, I don't have an opinion yet because I go, I go in circles with this one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. So we talked briefly about exhibitionism online. There's actually an official word for that. Okay. And it's called mediated exhibitionism. And it's basically essentially amateur performers exposing their nude bodies on the internet. And it's things like sending nude pictures by text or Snapchat, Snapchat, posting pictures of yourself on FetLife, right? Doing the OnlyFans. All of that are just new ways to express our desires. And, you know, we've moved away from the trench coat. <laughs> and we moved away. Some of us have moved away from the trench yeah. coat. That still happens. Moved away from exposing yourself at the local park or public place. Again, because not consensual, that one would be the disorder. If you can't help yourself from doing that, that's not healthy. That's not good. Well, I wonder some of these guys... And I'm sure I've gotten them. I'm sure you've gotten them. Who send who send you the unsolicited dick pic? That could be kind of a voyeurism. Right? So here's my, but because your my, dick ain't that great. Here's so. my thing: is it that they have the medical exhibitionism, which is a condition, and they can't help themselves? So like it's a version of it, flashing their trench or, coat, right? Or is it the fact that they're just stupid assholes who don't care? Yes. I don't, you know, it could be one or the other. It could be both. I'm going with stupid assholes who don't care. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to give you for the guys who are listening to us, and I'm going to just speak for myself, Dark, and give her opinion. I don't find penises attractive. The person that they're attached to, that's who I find attractive. And because it's your penis, I want to play with it, do things with it. But I don't look at a penis and go, oh, wow, I want to fuck that penis. Yeah, they're not that pretty. Hey, what would you do if you got unsolicited pussy pics? Same thing. I'm, I, yeah. You're not attracted to the genital. You're attracted to the person. No, well, I'm attracted to their body, just not their genitals. That's what I said. Yeah. The the rest of the person, yeah. not the genital. I mean, you give me a guy with biceps and pec muscles, I'm going to be a walking wet puddle. Mm-hmm. Actually... I don't think I would appreciate uh, unsolicited booby pics, but I am definitely more attracted to boobies. Boobies are pretty. Boobies are fun. Right? To me, boobies are pretty. God knows, as an exhibitionist, if you go onto my Fed page, there are a large amount. Like my pun there? A large amount of booby pictures of me. I got plenty of booby pictures of my own on there, too. But like, and I'm not an exhibitionist. I just like my boobies. Yeah. I mean, I like, I admit it, as an exhibitionist, I like posting a picture and seeing the likes come in and seeing the comments come in of your gorgeous. Now, here's what's interesting, right? Because there's this fine line between being an exhibitionist and being vain and wanting everybody to tell you Mm. you're gorgeous, darling. Okay. Yeah. Right? And for me, part of that is, is I know when I look good and I know when I don't. So telling me I'm gorgeous when I know I've got no makeup on, I'm lucky I brushed my teeth that day and I probably <laughs> didn't brush my hair. Like, 
I'm not going to buy into that. Right. But when I've taken the time to do my hair and my makeup and I've put on the fake eyelashes. Oh, you mean business at that I point. Mean business. And I want to hear that I look good. Hey, Rara. Yeah. You don't look that good today. No, I don't. I was in the emergency room for <laughs> hours yesterday. I'm on a lot of different pain medications and antibiotics and other stuff. So the fact that my eyes are open <laughs> is really sufficient right about now. Well, I got home at two o'clock in the morning last night and I still put in effort and put on my makeup. You do. And you look fabulous. I did not, however, do my hair. Yeah. See, I this combed is, my hair. This is in my sleep bun. Oh, yeah. I never took it down out of my sleep bun. So yeah, no, I look like crap. It's okay. And I accept that. <laughs> I really accept that. You know, but as, as our culture changes, I mean, when I grew up, there was no internet. I am older than the internet folks as in a shock. To nobody, I mean, I am too. Right. And you said that like, that was a good thing. <laughs> like I am too. I want to be in that club. Right. So I come from the day where they did wear the trench coats. <laughs> and I will tell you, us women used to do it too to surprise our partners. So we would show up at our oh, partner's yeah. house wearing a trench coat and nothing underneath. Now the difference is we didn't flash strangers. We waited till we got we flashed our partners when we got to their house. I don't think I would have used a trench coat. I would have used a fur coat. Okay, I was in Arizona. It was like fucking hot. The last thing I was putting on was was a fur coat. But what's interesting with me is that I am such an exhibitionist that if I don't have not only a decent size audience, but one that participates, the scene just doesn't work for me. (laughs) My favorite scenes are more to do with the audience than necessarily what I was doing. You should have been a performance artist. Right? Well, in a lot of ways, I view my scenes as performance art. Why are you staring at me like that? I was waiting for you to continue. I was like, yeah, Um, I know. You know, where I've played fun games where we, I have to talk about state capitals. And if I'm right, I get, I'm good. If I'm wrong, I get hit. If my top is wrong and hits me anyway, even though I'm right. Yeah, I I remember that one too. Um, you, You know, funny story about that from the opposite side of the thing. I had a little on my table once and I was making the little two times. One, I made the little sing, light them up. Light them up, 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 yeah. light them up. Yep. And when they did, um, when they got to, I'm on fire, I really turned it up and like went nuts with it. And it was hysterical because she went, I'm on fire, <laughs> like that. I love it. So that part, like from the, I don't know if she was an exhibitionist, but it was really fun to make them do that and watch because, you know me, the more louder they get, the yeah. more I like it. But then I, uh, another time I had a little on the table and I knew there were a little outfit, everything I asked. And I said, you want to play a game? And being a little, yes, I want to play a game. Okay. You're going to sing your ABCs or Twinkle Twinkle Little Star or whatever it is. And I'm going to try and stop you. You should do math problems. I wouldn't deliberately do that to somebody though when they're trying to have fun it was, also i wouldn't know if they're right or not so yeah, uh, well and i will tell you the top, sit there with a calculator the top who used to do that all the time we knew damn well that it was not going to be right and he didn't care <laughs> as far as he was concerned whatever your answer was you were wrong so i could say blue yes and it would be and you would be wrong didn't we do a math problem like i, I said something like how many pancakes are on a roof and the answer yeah. is giraffe yeah or aliens wearing hats or something. Pretty I much. I fucking hate word problems. Okay, anyway. <laughs> but I like, 
as a result of that, I don't play privately. And it's not because I don't have people that I trust implicitly, because I do. There are people that I play with who are good friends of mine that I would be more than happy to have come over and do a private scene in my dungeon and feel perfectly safe. It just doesn't do enough for me. Yeah. I've done it when I'm in desperate measures, like thanks to the pandemic, I had to do it a few times because I just needed the beating and I was absolutely desperate. But <laughs> I warned my top beforehand, you know how much pain I usually take? I'm just not going to be able to take that much pain this time because I don't have the exhibitionist piece of this because that feeds my soul and that lets me take more. I think for you, exhibitionism is a true fetish. Probably. I mean, you can get off without it, but you get off better with it. Correct. So the fact that you do get sexual gratification from exhibitionism I think that makes it one of your only true actual fetishes. Yeah. And and it's not even about having sex. I mean, I've done sex publicly, but I've also done plenty of sex privately. Mm-hmm. It's it's the impact and the rope and you know, knife play and wax play and whatever it's specific, the kink play. I just do better. Now that's as the bottom. As the top, I also prefer exhibitionism. But I'm very respectful if my bottom doesn't. So while I probably won't play privately because, again, it won't do anything for me, if, you know, people who play with me know I'm an exhibitionist. So they sort of go into it knowing that I'm probably going to invite audience participation. And again, let me make that clear. Audience participation is just oral. I am not going to allow anybody to lift a hand and hit my bottom. Unless it's been pre-negotiated. Exactly. Yeah. Right? Um, and in fact, that just happened to me at Fantasy House last time I went. A friend of mine, she bottomed first for Impact. And then when I did another friend, the first friend was like, I watched that and I just had this burning desire to get up and, and spank too. So we're in talks mm-hmm. for next time as to whether or not that person can partake of the fun and also yeah. do the impact. I always, always ask, even if they have a partner that's hanging around, is does is it okay if this partner, you know, mm-hmm. joins? Um, and there's a lot of people who get on tables while I'm doing demos. It's like, okay, can these random strangers come and, and feel how it is on you? If they're like, no, I'm like, all right, wait for the next person. If they're like, hell yeah. I'm like, all right, let's go. Bring yeah. it. Back to the consent again. So, you know, if I've got somebody who's not an exhibitionist like I am, I will still want an audience as far as watching, but I probably won't talk to the audience because I'm not going to put them in an uncomfortable position. But if they're okay with me incorporating, I love to do things like, or should I hit them next? Mm -hmm. How many times should I hit them? Mm -hmm. You know, different things like that. Or when I hit them and they go, I'll go, oh my God, right? That's the best sound, isn't it? Love that sound. So question. Yeah. I definitely am not an exhibitionist if I'm bottoming, like not in any way, shape or form. I think I might be when I'm topping, though. Yeah, I've watched you. Yeah, you are. Okay, well, that settles that one. (laughs) Not that much of a surprise because that's like, I mean, you've watched me for years. Mm -hmm. I always have a lot more fun. When oh, I've like got when you news- do like the daisy chains, oh, you God, get a whole that. group playing. Yeah. <laughs> that one's so much fun. I mean, you're the person who says to me, I like this spot at Crucible because we're right here in the front where everybody can see. 
If that doesn't scream exhibitionist, um, babe, I don't know what would. I Yeah, I've actually permanently claimed that spot right there so that I am the first one that people see. I mean, wait a minute. No, I don't because that's the only safe spot that I can do it at that particular club because if I'm at the other plug area, um, my electricity tends to be very, it tends to interfere with the sound system and it makes it kind of go in and out. The one at the front, however, does not interfere with the sound system and it's one of the only places that I can get an extension cord and that's the real reason it's not because that I want to be That may be seen. why you first started going there, but then you realized an added bonus is the fir- is the fact that people can see. I was trying to make it seem... Yeah, no. Nice try. I've heard you... I've heard you gleefully mention <laughs> that you're the first thing people see when they walk in. So she's lying if she tries to tell you any different. That might be the original reason. That <laughs> that might be the, the first time she was in that spot was because of the other issues. But then she went, oh, wait a minute. Bonus points. I just really like it when the hosts come in. And this is Dara, also known as Electro Khaleesi. She's fantastic. If you try Electro with anybody, do it with her. I'm like, thank you. I love you. Yeah. Uh, as, as a top, honey, you are an exhibitionist. Yes, I know. Because <laughs> how many times do you say things like, oh, look, look at this. Look at this. Like, if I'm lying on the table, how many, how many people have you called over to point out that the paddle is bigger than my ass? Ah, so many. <laughs> Also, when I do the thing with the fans. Yes. You love that. You want everybody to pay attention to you. That's why I snap them so loud. Yes. So. To get everyone's attention. As I scared- a top, you're an exhibitionist. Yes, I know. At- <laughs> you know my favorite part is about <laughs> snapping those fans. Making people jump sky high. Making them squawk again. Like the scream, the ah! noise. I actually pissed off the fire guy because I scared him. <laughs> I was like, I'm so sorry, dude. Oops. It wasn't Ed. It was somebody else. Ed's used to me doing that. Yeah. I was just like, I'm sorry. I, you know, I can't tell you why I get off on being an exhibitionist. To me, Dara's always the one who's like, why? 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 I'm more like the, it just is. And I just, (laughs) she just accepts it. I have to question everything. This is who and what I am. Yeah. And I'm going to enjoy the fuck out of it. Okay. So speaking of enjoyment. Yes. I'm going to go to the voyeur side. All right. Flip that coin. Okay. All right. Of which, unlike you, I am not a voyeur on either side at all. Yeah, no, I'm very, I'm very switchy. <laughs> but like, I'm a voyeur, top, bottom, What I guess voyeur can only be top? I don't really know. It's not even participating. No, you could be a voyeur as a bottom if oh, your yeah. top sets you up so that you're looking out over into like you're standing there looking out into the dungeon watching all the scenes or cut queening and your you know and your top is leaning into your ear going look what they're doing over there Ooh, mm-hmm. look what they're doing on that side and it's turning you on watching them do all that stuff and it really does and then he and then they go do you want me to do that to you yes the answer is yes yeah. wait what um okay so voyeurism let's go doing our typical starting out with definition thing It's someone who is sexually gratified because, again, always comes down to sex with these definitions, right? Sexually gratified. I'm just going to say someone who is gratified by observing people. Voyeurs typically become turned on watching people engaging in private acts. And this is kink and sex or kink or sex. I'm just going to point that out. It doesn't have to be. Correct. Because me personally... I do not get off to watching people have sex. 
I do not get off to reading about people having sex. Just like Rara, actually, she loves that part. I do- hey, that's your voyeur. I'm- mm-hmm. That's true. Well, I like to read about it because it's easier when I'm reading to imagine it's me. Okay. If I'm staring at somebody who's like 5'10", size 4, and short, dark hair, and looks absolutely nothing like me, I can't picture myself being the one to receive it. Just close your eyes. Anyway. Then, no, I, then that, where's the fun? Then that not- right, okay. So, but that right there, that reading thing, that yeah. is... Act- okay, so I'm going to go through this because I just... Okay. I, I have it in here somewhere, but I jumped the gun here. All right. So, Rara mentioned the subway flasher. The creepy guy across the street with Poor a subway. pair of binoculars. We've just lost them as a... What? Thinking sandwiches. Go on. Oh, Jesus. All right. So, the person who flashes, right? This is uh, the voyeuristic version of that is the creepy guy across the street with the binoculars, the one that climbs the tree, the peeping Tom, that whole thing. Or girl. Or Thomasina? Peeping Thomasina? Thumbelina? Peeping Thumbelina. (laughs) God, that's awful. Peeping person. Anyway, the peeping person, that's the creeper, right? We don't don't like that. But traditionally in movies, it's always the guy up the tree with the binoculars, right? Or the teenager looking through the bedroom window, you know? So typical is um, you become aroused by visual stimulation. That is what most people think of when they think of voyeurism, right? That's your stereotype. It may include watching people undress. So go to a strip club, voyeurism, right? Yes. It may include watching people showering. Uh, going about their private lives wearing little to no clothes. That's the person that likes to look in the window. They may also enjoy watching people engaging in sexual acts, masturbating. They can do it with a sexual partner, both, whatever. It's just watching other people do things, right? Mm-hmm. However, and this is the part that most people do not realize, is the oral stimulation part of it is also voyeurism. That's me. And for those who aren't sure, she's talking A-U-R-A-L. Yeah, no, not oral. Aural, yeah. right? Okay. So through hearing, listening, um, auditory. Let's let's go with that. So for example, they can get turned on listening to people masturbating. They can get turned on listening to people having sex in another room. So like if you're at a house party and somebody's fucking in the other room, I'm going to be that person with my <sighs> ear pressed against the wall. <sighs> yeah, go on. Oops, what? What? Hello. Where's the bucket? Um, that doesn't go there. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Just made it bad. Sorry. Um, okay. So another part of this is listening to people describing their fantasies, describing their sex life. Uh-huh. One of my biggest things, and I've had this since before I knew what kink was. Listening to people describe their sexual fantasies, that's been a thing since I was literally in high school. And I did, I had no idea, but that was literally voyeurism. When Daddy Jay was telling me about his uh, his fetish, I was drinking in every word. I was like, yeah, baby, tell me about it. Oh my God. Yes. It's hot. Okay, good. Okay. So, but. Like I'm like I'm trying to point out, most people don't put that in that category. It absolutely is. So one thing I want to say, something else kind of interesting is it's easier to be a voyeur than an exhibitionist. 
And why do you say that? Because really, if you're if you're a voyeur, all you got to do is just watch porn. True. That counts. That's true. To be an exhibitionist, you have to have somebody watching you. Have you have to find an audience. You have to find the audience. For me, right, I don't need sense. to find an audience. I've got one. Mm-hmm. I just have to go. Do, I am the audience. I just have to go look. I'm like, oh, that's one. And if it's porn, it's already consented to. You hope so, yes. Well, it, the professional porns anyway. So if you're just looking around on Pornhub, not, now it is. Well, They've now, gotten better about that. Yes, I actually know somebody whose ex mm-hmm. took a video they had made together and uploaded it to Pornhub. And she had to go through a lot to get it taken down. Yeah. And that's that's the that's one of the problems with the internet and porn. But Lots if you of problems with the internet, right? Yeah. But if you're sticking with like the professional stuff, mm-hmm. then it's fine. Yeah, they get paid. <laughs> Voyeurism has a history of being violating the creepy person watching through the window, right? I've had a peeping tom once. Gross. Yeah, we're staying in a hotel, and I was on the first floor, and I had my adult son there too, so I was on one bed. One queen size bed. My adult son was on the other queen size bed, and I was literally just reading a book. Yeah. Looked out through the window, and there was a guy playing with himself. I apparently attract these kinds. What can I say? And it's like really like, yeah, fun. Ew. Yeah. No. No. Thank you. All right. So, however, like, but education in the kink community around consent Mm -hmm. and keeping up with that has changed voyeurism both legally and socially. So the legality of it, you can still have the person with the um, you, uh, the voyeurism disorder, the one who's like creeping. But if it's consented to and you're watching somebody like everybody knows, not a problem. Totally legal, not a disorder, just a kink. Yeah, there is um, Baltimore Playhouse had a rule. I don't know if they still do, but they had a rule that you can absolutely watch uh, another couple having sex or doing a scene. You could not jack yourself off with it while you were watching. I think there's another rule. If there's private rooms, if the door is open, that is an invitation to watch. That at the swinger at the swinger right. place I go to, yes. That's that's like the consent. I've left right. the door open. That is the implied consent. Yes. And the door closed means we want privacy. There is no consent. You cannot open that door. Correct. That violates consent. Simply opening the door will violate their consent. Correct. So keep in mind those rules. Now, on to my favorite part, as always. Why? Yes. Starring her why. (laughs) Some people really just like sex from a different perspective. So like... Watching somebody else have sex, maybe you want to learn some new moves. Maybe you just like from a different angle. Okay. You know those POV videos in porn where it's like the, the person I holding don't the watch ca- a lot of porn. Okay. Well, I used to. Okay. A lot. Well, when I was married to the asexual guy, that was pretty much all I did. Yeah. Um, some people like to get off to the idea that they're participating in something taboo by watching something that is normally private. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's the taboo aspect yeah. of it. And and the same thing on the exhibition side. You're watching me do something that normally should be private. Exactly. So see why these two things go together so well? It's yeah. like peanut butter and jelly. Oh. So Wait. does that make me the peanut butter or the jelly? Um, I think I'm pretty nuts. I should be the peanut butter. I mean, I can be jelly. <laughs> That's cool. Okay. Raspberry jelly? 
Sure. Excellent. I am now. Can ras- I be Nutella? Yes. Well, okay. No, because Nutella. Wait, re- Nutella and raspberry jelly would not be bad, actually. Nothing is bad with Nutella. It's Nutella. Good point. So a peanut butter and Nutella sandwich. Yes. Wait, does that I've make you? I've done that. Yeah, I have too. And you can't open your mouth to talk. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That would be a hilarious gag, though. Stuff your mouth full of peanut butter and Nutella sandwich? Yes. That's hysterical. Ooh, can you imagine? That would be the punishment for your submissive. That would work on me. <laughs> you just sit there with your mouth going... <laughs> like a dog with peanut butter trying to get it off the roof of their mouth. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Anyway, uh, power. Yes. All right. So this is... This is one that I personally I have the I have plenty of stories about this one. I have told this before. I'm gonna throw it in here again. Okay. The very first time that I watched the guy in my shower. Oh yes. When I told him the to one shower. Who, the one who made you realize you are a dominant. Oh yeah. This was this was my genesis, I like to say. I God, it ordered. It was humiliating to him. It was super stimulating to me. It wasn't just watching. It was the power of watching him do this thing. It was my domination of him. It was the voyeurism of it. Exhibitionism as humiliation. That was it. That was he loves that now. That's like a huge key thing for him. And for me, watching somebody bathe. Oh, it's so hot. Do you need a towel? I might after this is done. I might because I'm kind of drooling a little bit now. So I wasn't even thinking about your mouth. That too. I was getting there. I was going to be like, and other places. Uh, So the first time I had the two subs, which was the same guy. Mm -hmm. And the girl that I was talking about who her rule for that weekend was she had to eat me before she could eat a meal. Yes. Same two people. Okay. I made them do sexual acts on each other. I was fully clothed. They were naked. So they had to do the things on my orders while I watched them. So again, power. Yes. Domination. Yes. Voyeurism. Uh God, that was so good. I want to do it again. And you also like to, I don't even know if I want to call it being a cuck queen because you, you, but I'm just saying is because for you, you set it up and you, again, it's more the power. You are going to do something with my husband. Okay. Yes. Um, the scene that I did with you, and I also did this with another person. I did this two years in a row. I got him a, a blowjob for his birthday from somebody else. Now that's a wife. Right? I like to share my toys. What can I say? But it was part of the cut queening. My cut queen fetish is not necessarily you can go out. I mean, he can as long as he has, right. you know, as long as he tells me ahead of time, that's fine. But one of my big things is can I watch? If you're going to go do this with somebody else, I yeah, I always just think of Cut Queen as you you are forced to watch. Like they're making the choices to do that and you have to watch versus in your instance where you're the one in control, even though you're watching. Yeah. So yes and no. Like I can do it both ways with yeah. that one. I really want to watch him fuck another woman. Like, but the woman that I picked for this is really funny. She told me she says, yeah, I'll f- absolutely do it. She says, but I'll do it in reverse cowgirl and be making eyes with you the whole time. There you go. I'm like, yeah, baby, let's do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the difference between healthy voyeurism and not healthy voyeurism, which we've already kind of talked about, 
is it can be totally healthy as long as it does not interfere with other areas of your life and it's totally consensual. Oh, look, there's that C word again. My goodness. We bring that up a lot. Yeah. But I just want to point out that's actually the medical uh, definition of it. So like it goes into like the sex addict category where if it interferes with your job, if it interferes with your family life, if it's taking away from life it's it's over it's done it you gotta stop like you gotta just pull that back a little bit um it is unhealthy like with any fetish or kink when it crosses the line of when it becomes an obsession that's that's just the upshot of that and when you do it without the consent of the people being watched no 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 watching your partner masturbate with their full knowledge and consent this is good Climbing a tree to watch your neighbor undress through a window without their full knowledge or consent? Bad. Definitely bad. All right. So here's my question about this because I don't, watching a stranger does nothing for me, right? Mm-hmm. Watching you do something. Like me specifically? You specifically. Brings me pleasure because I care about you and I want you to be happy. So watching you do your electro at Crucible on, on Risque Nights and the joy that you're getting and all the fun you're having that I like to watch because I love seeing you that happy, but that's different. You're not getting, you're not getting uh, any kind of gratification from the act itself. No, you're getting gratification from your friend having fun, which is basically just being a good human. I try. It's not. Yeah. It's not voyeurism. I think Mm -hmm. that's not voyeurism at all. That's why I don't identify as a voyeur. Now as an exhibitionist, total strangers can watch me. And I'm okay with that. Yes. No, I think that's that is nothing to do with voyeurism at all. No. All right. So things you can do. Ooh. Okay. I have a list. Oh, yes. I know you like lists. I do like lists. Okay. So watching your partner undress, shower, or bathe. Mm-hmm. Watching your partner masturbate. Oh, yeah. That makes me uncomfortable. Watching your funny? partner? Oh. No. If my partner's watching me while I masturbate. Oh, daddy and I do that all the time. Like, I'm totally okay if, if somebody wants to watch me and my partner have sex. That I'm okay with. But watching me masturbate? I don't know why. But we had a whole audience watching you masturbate. Yeah, I, no, that was really difficult. Um, yeah, I know. That's why I was so surprised you did it. But I got ordered to do it. So you can either, with that one, you can either be in the room with them or you can watch them secretly through a crack in the door. Uh-huh. And uh, you could have sex in front of a mirror, which is, you know, Robert's favorite thing in the whole wide world. Yeah, no. <laughs> do not want to see my face watching your or giving your partner a sex toy and watching them play with it mm-hmm. um bringing another person into the bedroom to watch you and your partner or wait and watch your partner have sex with that person which is kind of what i want to do so would that still that wouldn't be a threesome that'd be huh i don't even know just cucking right is that under the cucking category? It, well, if you're not participating, it is. Right. Okay. Uh, going to a sex club. There's all kinds of things to watch. Okay. Doesn't necessarily have to be swingers. It could just literally be anything. Like going to a dungeon. Still watching stuff. Uh-huh. Watching another couple have sex. Uh, reading an erotic novel. Recording yourself and playing it back later, which, you know. I don't do. Again. I'll <laughs> record it, but I did play it back. Listening to a recording of sex. So if I watch porn, I actually 
don't need to watch it. I can turn the uh, the uh, thing away, the device. I can close my eyes, whatever. It's literally the auditory part that does it for me. Dirty talk counts. Mm-hmm. Having somebody dirty talk to you absolutely counts because it's part of the auditory part. Um, or this one I, I kind of thought was interesting because I never thought about this, but looking at erotic photographs of your partner. So you as an exhibitionist could go and do a boudoir shoot mm-hmm. and give it to your partner who may be a voyeur. Yeah. It's perfect. I think every exhibitionist needs that, a voyeur. Um, Diesel and I went to a swingers night and we talked on the drive there that his fantasy that night was to watch me have sex with somebody else. Okay. And he got to watch me have sex with somebody else. Good. Excellent. Any other like well the, stories about these cuz I'm try- I think I Well, I for me I'm just curious cuz a lot of these with the voyeurism is about sex. How does this pertain like just within the kink within the not, dungeon? It's not necessarily about sex though cuz like okay, this is going to be a little bit weird, but you know how my thing with the cello Yes. Watching somebody play the cello, listening to somebody play the cello, Uh watching somebody with that level of ability is super hot to me. I actually do get off to that. Mm -hmm. Um, Watching somebody do a really intricate tie scene. I don't want to be tied, but watching Simple Beauty do rope on you. I always liked watching that. Um, Watching a knife play scene. Stuff like that. That actually works. So it doesn't necessarily have to be sex, but simply watching a scene, simply listening to somebody's reactions during a scene. So when I do electro, the noisier the bottom is, the better. That feeds my voyeurism fetish. I will say that that feeds my sadist when I'm topping. The more noises I can get. In fact, the last time we did this, we laughed and said we were coming up with new categories for the toys. Yes. That they were going to be based upon sound. So you had the uh category of toys. Mm-hmm. You had the ah category of toys. The ooh category. I mean, like just whatever <laughs> sounds they would make the bottom do, that was the category. I think I'm going to play that <laughs> game next risque. I know the perfect person for that. I think it would be a lot of fun. Not for me, because again, uh, not a voyeur, but... To tie up your bottom and make them watch you do impact on somebody else or do electro on somebody else. Mm-hmm. And they have to watch it. And maybe even put, not, I, I forgot what the technical term is. Is it blinders like that the horses wear? Yeah, so they can't So they can't look to the sides. Unless they turn their whole head. Right. And you would set them up so they can't. But, you know, so that they have to look straight at you and watch the whole thing. Like that would be. I think I've seen somebody as a humiliation. I've seen scene. somebody do that though. Like there was a couple that came to one of your parties like a few years ago, pre-pandemic, and the the little the sub was required to watch the t- the dominant play with other people. Like mm-hmm. she had to stand there and watch him play with other yeah. people. So that totally counts. Yeah, and that's where you can incorporate the power dynamic of the voyeurism. Mm-hmm. and um, humiliation From to it. both sides of it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that absolutely is part of it. Oh, look so at now me I... finally giving you some ideas. What? No. <laughs> uh, you know you're getting ideas. Oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> I think that's why I like topping at events so much, because it feeds almost every single aspect of my kinks. 
I get to do electro. I have the auditory. I have the voyeurism. I have the control. I have the doming. I have the exhibitionism. Like it hits everything. So yeah. Jesus Christ. If I ever had to give that shit up, I think I'd lose it. Probably. <sighs> don't. Don't. Let's not think about that. So I guess final closing thoughts. If you're an exhibitionist, find yourself a voyeur. And if you're a voyeur, find yourself an exhibitionist. Because one of us is not worth anything without the other. There you go. Peanut butter and Nutella. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm hungry. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. If you have a question you would like answered or just have a story about the lifestyle you want to share, you can send us a voicemail and maybe it'll be shared in a future episode. Just go to pinkkinkpodcast.com to contact us. Follow us on social media. On Twitter, Instagram, and FetLife, we are Pink Kink Podcast. And on TikTok, we are The Pink Kink Podcast. Join our Facebook group, Pink Kink Podcast, and hang out with other pink kinksters. If you love what we do and are able to support us, we are on Patreon. Just look for us on patreon.com slash pinkkinkpodcast and check out our Pink Kink swag available on our website, pinkkinkpodcast.com. Even if you can't show your support financially, there are other ways you can help. You can spread the word about our kinky podcast and tell your friends about us. You can also rate and review Pink Kink Podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The five-star reviews really help us. And don't forget to subscribe to Pink Kink so you don't miss a minute of the fun. New episodes come out every Friday. So until next time, stay pretty, stay safe, and stay twisted.